Poetry for me is, especially if it's read by the person who wrote it, like meditation. It brings me in a different world and I can forget about everything else and I dive into their world or into this different world and I just needed that. I think what I really like about readings is that I see the person, feel the vibration, hear how they read their poems, which enables me later, when I read it, to hear their voice. And I have the feeling I can understand the poems better if I have met them or seen them or heard them. And for me, for some reason, maybe because I'm so old, is that when I'm actually physically in the room, it's different than when I just see a reading on a video. It makes a serious difference for me. And I also lo love to talk to them if there's a possibility. Such This a is so crazy because, okay, the power of the voice is so wild. I just, the person sitting to my right, I recognize by voice that the person said, oh, no one's sitting here. And I was like, I know who you are. Your voice is from the movie Looking for Voices. Because you, horses, Looking for Voices. Because you made, you're the filmmaker who's, whose film I just projected. And I don't recognize you by face, but you say, hi, can I talk to you? And I'm like, oh, that's Rachel Zucker. <laughs> whose voice I've listened to many times, for many hours, along with David Naiman, because it has to be many hours. I spend most of my time in a very dark room in a theater projecting films. And actually the sound quality is very bad. I have like a little monitor and it sounds really blown out or I can't make out anything that is happening in the cinema itself. So there's something about hearing a voice. Yeah, my friend invited me over. I'd love to hear a voice in a room, in the same room that I'm in, you know. I, I don't live here. I'm only here for three months doing a residency. I, I'm not familiar so much with Fred Moten's work. I, I, I am a writer. I, I write a lot of poetry, but I'm curious, uh, currently working on a film with my sister and she is a huge fan of Frank Moten and has given me some of his his works that I, I, I don't understand barely anything. So I thought why, maybe his body or his face or his, the sound of his voice will help me a little bit, come a little bit closer. I've gone to a lot, a lot of readings here and I really, yeah, I love it. And this little encounter is so wonderful and so beautiful. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to get started. If you want to find a place to be comfortable, I know it is very full. So I do recommend we have a bit more floor space over here. If you're not comfortable where you are currently hovering, we can take a moment to find a spot that feels that feels good for you before we settle in. All right. Wonderful. It is so, so beautiful to see this room so full. 
my name is Laura Henriksen. I'm the program director here at the Poetry Project, and I am so honored and delighted to be with you all this evening for readings by Ronaldo Wilson and Fred Moten. It is such a pleasure to be with you this evening. I would love to see you at the Poetry Project again very soon. Our season is starting to wind down, but there's still a lot of really, really special stuff. So one other thing that I wanted to share before we get into it, I have an invitation to read. Um, Dear audience, poet and podcaster Rachel Zucker is working on a series of commonplace episodes about shared happenings, a.k.a. poetry readings, like the one you are about to hear, watch, experience. What is a poetry reading? What is the role of public poetry reading in the world of poetry today? What is the role of performance in the shared happening of poetry and in the more private happening of poetry of the page? If you're interested in sharing something you loved or something that surprised you about this shared experience for a future Commonplace episode, Rachel will be outside the reading venue after this event. You'll know who she is because she'll be wearing headphones and holding a microphone. Anyone who wants to participate is warmly invited to do so. Thank you. This is from Rachel Zucker. So I hope that you will. I'm really excited for this episode. And yeah, cool. All right. Those are all of my announcements and reminders. I'm extremely honored and delighted to turn it over now to S. Aaron Baptiste to introduce Ronaldo Wilson. The Oasis. It's impossible to be attentive to every dream and part of the feeling of his fear in this that Virgil understands he is bound by dream as much as he is by expanse. In the open ocean air, Virgil is allowed to wander beyond the television, not on. But nothing is optimal. There isn't a single way that one can begin to describe the experience of the racialized body because the feeling is marked by the circumstances of a constant shift between the hurt and the epiphanic. These words are taken from Ronaldo V. Wilson's The Oasis, centered around Virgil, a speaker who navigates us readers through a landscape of dreams, memories, desires, psychic loss, and recovery. Much like Wilson, Virgil is on a journey. It is my supreme honor to introduce you all tonight to Ronaldo V. Wilson. Wilson is an interdisciplinary poet, essayist, visual artist, performer, dancer, critic, and scholar. Author of six books, including most recently, Carmelina Figures and Virgil Kill's Stories, Wilson's multimodal projects and art practices in writing, drawing, and painting, choreography, and dance, and short films span across and transcend disciplines. He has performed in multiple venues, including the Pulitzer Arts Foundation, UC Riverside's Arts Block, Georgetown's Lennon Center, Dixon Place, the Atlantic Center for the Arts, and Louisiana State University's Digital Media Center Theater. 
Wilson is a professor at University of California, Santa Cruz, and the recipient of countless fellowships and support from Cave Canem, the Jurassi Residence Artist Program, the Ford Foundations, Kundiman, McDowell, the National Research Council, the Provincetown's Fine Art Work Center, the Center for Art and Thought in Yaddo. And it doesn't stop here. He is <laughs> the co-founder of the Black Took Collective with Duriel Harris and Don Lundy Martin. Ronaldo V. Wilson has been my Emerge Surface B mentor for the past eight months and has, as my grandmother says, met me where I am at on my own journey and has challenged me to go beyond and farther and farther in my own practice. When we think of the work of Wilson, we are thinking of the black traditions and practices of refusal, fugitivity, and marunage, what can be captured or defined versus what cannot. Wilson's refusal to be captured, categorized, or defined shows up in all of his offerings, and in, it is in this virtuosity that he gets to a kind of freedom, and he gets to be free. I will close with this small excerpt from one of Wilson's Lucy poems. 68, Lucy lets in the light. Form for me is a matter of not ripping open the blinds or looking through the slats that block the tree. Green, I should care less about the whole of what I think and invest in more of what's left behind in shadows. Recessed in the space, I realize here there is no one like me. My heart still in my chest. I present Ronaldo V. Wilson. Thank you, um, Laura. I can't believe that that introduction was so amazing. S. Aaron, Fred. Um, I didn't bring any masks, and I'll tell you why. I thought that I should expose my skin. I thought that I should release across time and space. I ran into someone, Heather, I don't remember the name, but I remember the unfurling, all the things that happened in this room, all of the transgressions, all of the flower designs that said we are not safe, all of the ways that I noticed a kind of radiance. Maybe I didn't wear a mask because I can see the maskless. Maybe I can ask less. Maybe I can portend. Maybe I can pour into it. Maybe I can tend to what you're seeing. Maybe what I'm about to do for about 30 minutes or less or more or less is unfurl or find my back or maybe I'm about to press into the image. I'll tell you the thematic or I'll tell you the metaphor or I'll tell you the oscillation or I'll tell you the truth or I'll tell you a lot or I'll lie flat on my back or I'll backflip to you or wasn't it asked, oh, take up the 
space behind the stage? What if we made a circle? What if I weren't the center? What if I moved inside of the central hinge? Maybe I took the hinge back. Maybe G, Wally. G, Beef. G. Maybe G is the right word. Maybe we need to be a little more soft, or maybe I do. I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. These are a series of questions. Maybe we'll end up in the visual. Maybe we'll end up in the punctuated moment of speech. Maybe we'll end up in the hinge. Maybe we'll hinder. Maybe there'll be a hindrance. Maybe I'll hint. Maybe I'll be oblique. Maybe I'll be purposeful. Maybe I'll understand. Maybe I won't work a memoranda. Maybe I won't remember. Maybe I'll forget. I I have 10 slides, 10 slides that are composed through various images. My goal tonight is to do a couple of things. I'm not a magician. This isn't an act. I'm not trying to play, but I'm showing off. I'm showing you everything I know. I'm showing out. I'm showing you that, as my mom says, I'm educated. I'm showing you about education. I'm about to educate you. I'm about to wreck so that my dear friend can wreck the shop that was already bought. So what I thought about in making this racket on the right was about my father, was about teaching the forehand, was about holding the grip, which he called continental. But what I don't understand is the unmasking. What I do understand is taking it back at the shore, P-Town. We do and don't play. Virgil kills. The vantage point was clear. The shot, an easy one, through the apricot tree between the branches where the hummingbird stood. At least this is what Virgil thought. It was doing standing, but after telling Kennebunk actor the story, he would realize that the bird was not. What Virgil could not know then was that the bird, as Kennebunk actor described, hovered. Before Virgil shot the hummingbird, he remembers the sweep of the many of them flying in the trees. In one photo from this time, Virgil has a bucket on his head, his hair curling out, and he is wearing white shorts with an athletic stripe down the side, opening to a small gap, his face a permanent smile. He holds a hose out in his hands, spraying water into an arc. But as Virgil took aim, he was not playing. He was instead sitting on a card, tables, padded, collapsible chair, alert, the hollow steel's legs, rubber grips fixed on the cement patio. Secure, he lined the bird up just under the sight's tip. 
the snap of the gun blasting through the leaves, putting a hole in the standing bird's neck. You, wait, you are a good aim, is what Kennebunk actor said, which exists in contradiction to Virgil's waiting for the struck dead animal to come back to life, even though it was clear the hummingbird was dead. When Kennebunk actor revealed to Virgil that the hummingbird was not in all likelihood ever, ever standing on that branch, Virgil understands this not to be contradiction, but recognition of a different kind, something that would undo him more deeply than the killing himself. Okay, you might want to join into this. It'll be really fun. You know the song, Rising up into the... I don't know what there's... There's something about... And her rivals. You've seen the... Distance. But it's not on my own. Just a man and his will to uh, survive. When the eye of the tiger came on, that's that moment, right? We're like, should it be that way? Should it be that way? When the eye of the tiger came on, Virgil performed his dance of life. Not choreographed, but felt, however submerged, shooting that bird stretches out in front of him like the catwalk that was his backyard's narrow center, the runway, his stage. G. Herm is in a dream on a bus and Virgil is peering in at her. They are traveling somewhere, but he cannot recall when they are where they are going or if they are even traveling together. He remembers G. Herm insulting him when they were friends at LBHS when Virgil recalled his backyard, G. Herm said, please, you make it seem like it's a grove. Please, you make it seem like it's a grove. But it was a grove to him. Tomatoes around the entire perimeter and grapevines in a small trellis at its center, apricots dropping from the tree that shaded the patio out of Virgil's mom and dad's bedroom. He would revel in the grove even though the window was tinted dark and it was always cool in there and must have smelt like smoke. Out of the window, he could see the wide world in which he propelled himself, his tumbling runs, his cartwheels, roundoffs, and, you know, chorus, right? Da, 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 da. Dun, 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 dun. After he shot the hummingbird, Virgil watched it hang upside by its feet. Claps to the top branch, the blood dripping, then bouncing, and the grass in front of still eyes. His response to toss it over the fence after shoveling it up with a plank. But not before he starred 
into its blown open neck, open so much so that he could not see the wound. Instead, what he saw was a pool of dark green and blue pink, a screaming oil and water slick. Feathers around the exit wound, the bird's loose, broken neck, bent at the color burst. Virgil is a pig for at least that day. Are there other pigs as insatiable as Virgil? Lost is gray. In lost bedroom, there is a rusted bin that was outside and now it is indoors and it holds three potted plants. The bin serves as a basin, a flat surface rusted and in the center of the surface is a small catch that lost says was for the animal's blood, not for the living plants it holds now but for animals it would hold dead then. Shout out to my husband. Virgil, that's actually, you know, as Doug Kearney says, off the page. <laughs> like I would never, I mean, I might write, maybe my next book is called, shout out to my husband. <laughs> my greatest work, my opus. <laughs> no, but this is, my, I know, I know my, my, uh, my, my truest love is, is watching. Virgil is, as Butch describes him, sick. For when he was writing Lost, he thought of slaughtering him like a pig. More directly, he thought Lost looked like a pig cow, a hairy hybrid animal that Virgil rode up and down, bouncing on a stiff cock as Virgil mostly stayed hard. Virgil is sick, but he could never kill because the guilt would ruin his life. Though at night, most of the recent nights, the last moments spent Drifting in YouTube, he looks at those kids who do, girl gangbangers who've turned it around for now, but at one time before they changed would make others meet their maker. This is my mother whose decision to rip up the backyard with a knife and this thing that she's using in response to her husband's death why need a yard? She's like 84. She is 84. And so she just like, she went in on that backyard and she made it into, as she says, a farm. I can farm, she says. They don't know how to garden. They, they, they know how to garden, but they don't know how to farm, is what she says. Shouts out to my mom. <laughs> That's real. We're 10 minutes into the saga. That's good, right? Okay. Mm. Pure graphite. Some pen. Mm. I don't know how big, maybe this big, but in a class um, I took with the great artist Fred Liang, um, drawing under pressure. He asked us to, to draw 100 drawings over a four-day period. So I just went in. I'm a hard worker. They keep on climbing all over me. I discovered this today that in. you could embed movies and, and PowerPoint. I thought, oh, let's, let's get this popping. Kind of a nice farm, huh? Those are, mm -hmm. um, on the right are probably six feet panels on um, hospital paper. 
The poet Laura Mullen reminded me at this residency I did at Wake Forest that my studio was the garden. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Thanks, Laura Mullen. So those, I mean, you can't see them, but these are some of them. I'm going to sing a song about it. Well, what happened was a funny little thing. A funny little thing happened in the studio. There I was with my notebooks and folders, and the curator said, why? Why wouldn't you take these out of the box? Why wouldn't you tear them out? And I thought, how could I take them out? They're a book. And she took them out, and I thought, wow, this is really amazing, because I never saw them outside of their thing, right? And then to see them up. Um, so is that the next, is that the Volta? Is that the voltage point? Is that the volition? Is that the volume? Is that the voluminous? Is that the vent? Is that the variance? Is that the vector? Is that the severance package? Is that the truth? Is that the perfection? Is that the job? Is that the work? Is that the labor? Is that the mark of not the Marxist? Is that the existence in the Marx? Is it, is, is it stop? Is it the stopping? Is it the punk? Is it the come up? Is it, is it? Let's see. Virgil wasn't always so fair. In fact, he was a towering brown body lording over that little dandelion who still haunts him or signifies his coming into consciousness around how he was held back by little dandelion's power, which happens to so many like us. Virgil thinks all the time what we need, he also realizes wandering in his own Venice in a bag. It doesn't matter the cost. You know, some are 3,500 euros, some are 590 euros, whatever. That flesh and the drop of the field of soft perforated leather will in fact fill his need, his conspiratorial kin with something that was, after all, once out of the pocket's reach, but never his heart's. A longing, oh, shouts out to S. Aaron. That's right, that's that heart. Mm-hmm, that's that heart. Mm-hmm. It's like those, um, you don't know if you have them anymore, but they're in fireworks or those things you burn on the ground. They spin, they go nowhere. They just go, woo! but they don't fly. Mm -hmm. That's that, right? I think that's that heart. Um, his conspiratorial kin with something that was, after all, once out of his pocket's reach, but never his heart's, a longing adrift to return, but to where will he return? If it were so easy, and it sometimes is so easy, Virgil would settle into the fight of his life or the fight of his mother's mama spine who was held together by pins and steel valves shut, stunted. She says... It was too much candy. They say we can put her back together, her spine, the root gone, compounding in on itself, fused vertebrae, killing the nerves. That There was a prayer. There was an attendant. There was a prayer. There was an attendant. Virgil does not have a god of his own like she does, but he has never so long walked on back-to-back -back double shifts on any such hard's hospital floors caring after the left behind and not caring after that back of hers that is no longer able to turn them over in their beds nor to lift them further away from their dying. Once S. Olds, Virgil's very important poetry teacher, noticed something, that something was missing, that something in the poem wasn't right. 
It wasn't ekphrastic, nor did Virgil think of the encounter between objects as a possibility and language as being as in what one thing could be made without the other, but still to her wise eyes. He left so much of the poem out. Why? It was he felt somewhere else, something out of his reach in a room, a gym, a community center, where he saw another black body dancing. Virgil could see into the arc and point of the dance, wanted to make the connection between his poem and that body, but felt lost in the cross-wiring, an incomplete link, which to S. Olds was so obvious. The solution? Remove the poem. I know, right? That's a problem. I love it. I love her. But now, in retrospect, I'm in my feelings a little bit. Not really. I just said that out to, I said that to be colloquial familiar, so you'd kind of think I was safe. I am safe. He does not need to make this life, nor does he need another entry to make the whole whole. It is a special day, international day, Virgil recalls. At least that is what it is called on that base in Millington, or was it? in Guam or doesn't matter. Further, does he know that the Super 8 clip cannot be optimized? That even after four hours, there will still in the end be the same error message and no upload? It is unalterable, but somehow what Virgil wants is exactly what Virgil gets. He slows that blue boy version of himself and asks in realization, why would I ask you to wipe under the table on this wet wooded deck? It has indeed rained, and Virgil, after all, has gone off on the waitress at Aldo's. And when she says to the musician, I like your necklace, which is a big black brown seed on a gorgeous African-American woman, Virgil the Violent has a Kara Walker moment. The seed should go where it goes, plunged into the seeker. Ponderous is so far from pondering. Virgil realizes within a few clicks, but this does not change his anger or his tone, nor his need to plant the seed somewhere else, somewhere far from the neck, somewhere away from the musician, somewhere into the drift of pulling the pieces of his protracted anger into this recounted point. I went off on her and she's still smiling. In the center is a, a monoprint. Um, the next summer, I worked with Fred in real life, and I worked on monoprint. So it's a drawing that's rendered from a photograph, and then that's from a show at Wake Forest on the right, where I I just had this. Oh, I think that's a film. It's just like a hanging. Um, it's a horrible, I think a really terrible self-portrait, but I thought it was interesting hanging there under that, like, under that stone. Oh, I got corrected for using like today when I was having lunch. And I said, oh, I'd like to have, I'd, li I'd like a light coffee. You mean a coffee? I said, oh, I'd like a Turkish coffee. And I got gang-banged by all the waiters because they were like Greek and they're like, oh, no, 
you can't, you, wait, we're all Greek. And they're all laughing at me. I said, you're stressing me out. You're all stressing me out. I just want a coffee. And they're like, we didn't do anything to you. I said, yes, you did. You're stressing me out and I have a lot of work to do. And I said, oh, sorry, you do too. But I'm actually preparing for a reading. In my mind, I said that. No, it's true. That happened. It was like this weird, advanced um, sheen of racism that kind of came through. I was like, what? Sorry, you know, it's not my problem. Where's my hotel key? Where's my key? Where's my seizing? Oh, okay. I know, um, all right. So you see the, this triptych. I want to see what's happening next. These two birds, love birds, just came right after my father died. And I just couldn't get enough of them. So I just made all this video of them. No, no, no. Tiffany, right? <laughs> no. Like that. Da, na, na, da. I don't know. It's only in my dreams, right? We live in Japan for many years. Five years. Five years. And then in Tennessee for many, many years. Guam. Yeah, we live in Guam too. It's a very, uh, you know, it's not a rich life. But it was a, a, but it was a rich life. Maybe not. It was a. Before it was a rich life. What is it called? It was a. It was a life of richness, right? Like rich experiences. Yeah. You know. Daddy went to school. Oh, the Clayton went to school there, and he get his aviation mechanics. That's how he knows how to fix airplane. That's it, right? Um, only. And the sweet brown girl explains how she's depressed and a dropout. How she has to watch her brothers and sisters during her mother's swing shifts at the factory. Her mother wants her home all the time, forgets school, jailed for fighting and cursing out the cops for not letting her return to the homecoming game, to her two brothers, her face is round and sad. She'll be released to the custody of her mom. Never mind the white runaway girl who wishes to see her father whom she feels is nice and likes to think that one day she will meet him and reveals too that her mother died when she was only one. Does Virgil need his mother too? For Virgil has stolen every car. Chest hair baby, his mother thinks will be a child forever and the streets will not save him. She knows he was already stabbed multiple times. So on television, the mothers cannot take care of their sons or their daughters on lockup near a lake. Nor is there any other way to hold onto the quiet of the morning that Virgil stares into with Butch in the wide white bed in the Harvest Inn. 
Virgil cannot be anyone else but who he was in Cheney, an art studio, an event in which Virgil holds onto nothing, dancing all the while, painting, and really only stopping once at the small fiberglass needle left behind from another interdisciplinary artist, the almost invisible stinger that found its way into Virgil's hand after his groundwork b-boy power move. In the studio, Virgil will find a corner, whether in or out of a bed. And in this corner, he will anguish, self-evolve, posed on the floor to look into the past, a past that contains a park at the far end of the school where Virgil walked as a little boy. The walk did not seem far. And on the walk, there was a wide fence that separated one school field from another playground near where Naldo was nearly jumped, dropped his bag, and went into an open fighting stance, knees bent low. He knows the arts. Where's the multi-purpose room? It was where Virgil wanted to learn to tap dance. It was a place Virgil and Cesis could not find. Cesis could not find near where they opened the door to the boiler room and asked, is this the multi-purpose room? The boiler room was near where Virgil rode around in a circle, pants and underwear down, exposed as a boy with a Sacramento Union delivery bag over his boy head and shoulders, arms wanting to be taken by some man he would never meet. The playground is within a perimeter where Virgil has not ever returned, Yet it is where he remains, looking back still, somehow longing. At Gady, Goethe, his old junior high, Virgil, in the seventh grade, Virgil left his own boycock outline in a thick folded love note on the health teacher's windshield, clipped under the wiper blade during lunch, and then went back, snatched it off the car before lunch ended. Without opening it, again, Virgil wanted to rip the love note apart, but it was too thick and the note was crude. Virgil now would kill for the note. He ponders reconstructing the note. Against a fast sketch of Stream's naked cell pick, the note was full of boy heat. Virgil, in a future beyond the note and the sketch in the studio, forms into its shape. Stream will not ask about this movement. Butch will not ask about this movement, but others will. For in Virgil is a row of many selves, or a single self anchored to such early unrequited love. Virgil in Sacra looks at the rows of bushes along Florin Road and thinks, this is where I learned to French kiss. And this is where I learned to think about what I wanted. Outside the harvest in pool, he wants to swim in. It's impossibly cold, though Virgil doesn't approach it. But he knows the outside temp too is too cool and the morning too bare and brown. So instead he led back to school recalling the physical science class, Virgil recalling a solid transformation to vapor, then liquid to be measured. After Bunsen heat, the brown fluid once wood courses through tubes dripping into a beaker and to wear. What Virgil wants is to drive by the fence again and again and to climb the roof of the school above the perimeter, to scatter on the roof near a brick wall, tick and wave, where his knees first buckled and once collapsed while doing the E.T. Electricity. Dun, 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 dun,
The milk falls and explodes on the cafe concrete floor, but does not splash Virgil's cons. Who Virgil is, is looking for however far this accident might propel him, is in fact the fan and not the rain. And so too, Virgil will go back to his life. It is Butch's soft breath, the sound of it blowing back. It is Butch's soft breath, the sound of it blowing back then. And he'll call now. On the phone, what matters is not the floor or the killing or the student evaluations or the dad, the driver's twisted intestines or mama spine's seeping heart. Virgil's body is sprinkled and shot on by an anon who whispers, don't bite, just pull him hard. The small soaking into the black hoodie on Virgil's run along the bay is sweat. It lines the puffed suede headphone strap against the top of his head. The faux leather surrounding his ears softens, noise-canceling, wireless, holding Virgil further in. All the time, you treat me like a stranger. No, 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 you treat me like a stranger. No, 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 you treat me like a stranger. No, 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 you treat me like a stranger. No, 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 wrong is not my name. No, 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 wrong is not my name. No, 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 wrong's not my name. No, no, no. No, 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 I don't care where you're from. No, 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 no. We live in Japan. Every day I talk to her, my mother in the morning who calls. It can be about nothing. It can be about something. It can be about a plate. It can be about the resin. It can understand the steps, all of them, all of it all of the ways we understand this moment, all of the ways I embrace this time. I know now the morning projects so far into the distance. I know the eye can capture more than the camera. Paranormal activities, abeyance, seance, drip of snow in the lip of light comes the frost. Morning hog black pig 
was what my mother said her family would call the child that he and she and she and shouts out to my 55 year old dead brother who died a long long time ago who was carried by his mother for a half a mile or so and then frozen until his father could see him dead. And in that death, I learned the other day that he shares the same first name as my father. Don, 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 come home. Thank you. Oh my God, Ronaldo. All right, thank you so, so much. That was really just breathtaking. That was so, such a gift, thank you. And I wanna make sure you all know we have copies of Ronaldo's books for sale tonight. So if you do not already have them, I really, really hope that you don't leave here at the end of the night without getting, without getting them. They're so, they're so important, they're so necessary. Um, I also am just concerned that you're not, or that people might not be sufficiently comfortable where they are. So I'd like to reiterate that there's still definitely some space at the front if you'd like to shift your location now. And also, if it's the case that you need to be sitting in a chair, um, but you're not sitting in a chair, I really, I hope you will feel welcome and empowered to just tap someone on the shoulder and ask if you can sit in their chair for a little, and then if, if they can't, that's no big deal, you can ask someone else, but I hope that you can feel um, totally comfortable doing that and finding a more comfortable spot now if you're not feeling sufficiently comfortable where you are. Okay, great. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, are we feeling settled in? All right. The thing that I want to say is that following every interaction with Fred Moten I have ever had, one of the first thoughts on my mind is always, this is a generous person. Whether the interaction happens face-to-face -face, or on the page or in my seat in the audience of a lecture or reading, every time I am struck and inspired by the openness of Fred's attention, the big capacity of his thought, which is to say his language and listening, which is also to say his love. He has a way of welcoming and gathering like a rare singer and a great teacher. He has a way of making room that I think has to do with the careful practice of holding complexity and embracing those gathered in the midst of complexity, the kind of touch made possible through the combination of trust and ambiguity and guiding ethical clarity. In a conversation following a reading, I once heard him explain, you can't always say what you mean, but you can absolutely convey what you feel. This conviction about the possibility of transmission makes a place where poetry and criticism and living can be one wide thing. 
Feeling depth is soulful, he writes. Refusal to separate practice from what that was in your hand, unquote. With musical luminosity, Moten's newest book, Perennial Fashion Presence Falling, begins, we're walking an open diary, unquote. A description that is also an invitation and a reminder and a promise. I'm so in love that all I do is disidentify, Moten writes. This writing thrills me because through it I witness a practice, one that is always preliminary, always beginning, always committed, always holding, of giving everything away. And to make such an offering, first it's necessary to say where it all came from, citation as invocation, as declaration of love's belonging. All the people in the picture are the people in me, Moten writes. With the velvet texture of wind, with breath's deep warmth, these polyrhythmic poems mourn and dance and extend welcome. I'm so glad we get to listen together, and I'm so honored to turn it over now to Fred Moten. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, Ronaldo. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> um, so, oh, man. Wow. Um, that was, <laughs> thank you. Um, okay. Uh, well, this book is, um, I think I, I was in my feelings, uh, <laughs> my mixed feelings, um, about, uh, art and artists and so forth, I guess about myself to a certain extent. Covering. In the broadest conception of black music, which is the truest conception of black music, black music can't be conceived. A music of covers, black music covers, and cover is non-conceptual. If you've ever covered, if you've ever been covered, or have you ever been laid down, held mutual and dappled, shift untempered ensemble, an ardent in the only love, which is incandescent hate. So you know what covering discovers, hands on. So what it is to lay on, which blurs in proximity, is all up in what it is to approach and darkly to reveal. If you've ever wondered if it's some wandering and covering, if inseparable is gone, to go awry and astray and still ain't gonna get there, and still on the edge and wait, then you gotta want not to get there just as bad as you wanna get away from here, blown back. Been studying how not to know, unknown. Black, blue is black, black burying ground. Blue is burnt black grounding in the broadest, blackest edge. Um, 
So there's a plan, <laughs> which is stupid. But, but um, what's that thing where you take a, a verb and put an ing on it? I know I'm supposed to gerund. Yeah, this is the gerund plan. I know I'm, I'm supposed to know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Afro-alienation lining, lining out. Bernie Mac never hung out in Cicero, but Daphne damn near went to Chi-Town. Some of them bonum, some of them bitch. Arturo, ooh-wee, bear told, bear told. Dab, it's devastating when she says my love is alive. Her brain bleeds through his broken organ. You say her distancing and our distancing is our distancing, which we can't deserve. You mean to say we can't deserve our we? Our Terrell's named secretly after Tammy? Really, you can't even say thank you for listening. No haven, nothing next other than what we've been doing. Nowhere to be, nowhere else to be, no other kind of being, just patient, cut, and deepen, deep and wide. Well, this kind of breaks up the Jaren thing. Are you one of these motherfuckers? Yeah, yeah, you are. And you don't seem to be tired of this suspension, which is falling, whirling, an unworlding storm for precision in mourning. We really don't respond to these motherfuckers. The discipline is our imagination. The world is our yardbird school a choir of uncertain azure and scratch galaxy, the violent measure of a gleam in our eye. You can stop calling here for some kind of response to these motherfuckers. What we got for y'all is precision in mourning and turbulence. We got a way of taking substance away and circling and surfacing, the slow obliteration of pain and pleasure, a release of coffle in dusty highway, an ongoing unraveling of quilting, we always got to be killing these motherfuckers in the edge of morning after morning of absolute, uncountable new remembering. The immediate breeze through us before anything, and these motherfuckers can't understand that. We're instruments of clinical ecstasy, and if you want to listen, you got to give up everything. You got to give up listening to sharing and folding in the bottom, in oceanic engineering, in the ungrammatical suffering of scourge and smile and babies in the non-response. When we salvage our surfacing and circling from your savage enclosure, it will be this miracle right now, singing through can't breathe forever in this world. And we ain't talking to you, motherfucker. It's gonna keep on being this miracle, our praise, our right, Miss Perlina and all the thickened kitchen anarchy of our phrasing, the denotative detonation of am I blue? Sometimes I'm blue, buy, burn, while all y'all everything be burning. I guess there was some gerunds in there. <laughs> color field. In the color field, there's blood at the root. Our schedule is everyday sunshine blood, every dead nigga on the street, and every record spinning around, every last one whirling. That's what every record records in the blue they see. 
Which one of you motherfuckers can see and can't see that? Black arts versus black abstraction is a lie again and again. Like you get not to see all that brutality and all that blue. You don't get to not see, motherfucker. But what happens when you act like you do? Somebody black and poor can't breathe. Everybody dying of their dying breath. Nobody laying with them on the ground. All of us all fucked up with our phantom child and you get to act like you alive in a brutal gallery. Sorry, I'm just thinking about the relation between James Brown's sweat and Sarah Vaughn's sweat. Tiling lining notes. A river is studio agitation through one window, a loft and rock bottom soft support and rumble, a room a cell alight in the way the walls walk off in jubit pat and tiling. The pattern on the river floor, all absolute and indiscernible unless you walk it in the river, as the river, as all this rotary soar of the damned and held, sous vide in second linearity, parading in this tubid lining out of the basic line, all in against itself in black and blue switchback, in Beatrice smiling, seeing all our little differences together in the venereal collection areas, aerial eddying of how we taste and feel inseparably. There's just so many ways to keep going along the way. The miraculous influence is deltaed in Floridian branch or mangrove double silt, Coahoma County moaning or swung Oklahoming, a gap band or a gap in nature kind of sounding, drowning, burning, this continually Caribbean being on fire of the river, from river to river on canal and torn to another bleeding place we from in our Lenape shift, our Delaware gap band, sending geography through a sycoractic horn chart of the natural city in and out of its broken window, cadence still cruising mobile studio, unnamed, and making waves, and making ways is what it sounds like. Lining, tiling, moaning, smiling, drowning, bleeding, burning, seeing, sending, sounding just like Joseph Daly, Thurman Barker, Dave Holland, and Sam Rivers. I mean, I, I should have called this book The Great Gerund or something. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something must have been going on. <clears throat> Tilling, limning notes. Tile or fleck as if daub or stroke, but a cut of blue. Fresh cut a glance of blue for train in the general murder. All but mute for Amadou Diallo. You have to get so close to see the glance and shine. You get too close to see the glint in flames reading the braille of trembling through the sea of inflection, eclat et clignet, and cling to the firmness of our wave function. A clarity of sweep and black as dawn dawns us, 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 God damn it. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> now, okay, that's interesting. Why did that happen? I know exactly why it happened. Because my brain is just I'm, just, I'm just still riding on that wave, man, and I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you and Dawn and Duriel, and I told Ronaldo I taught this class last uh, semester, and uh, started out reading Don Lundy Martin, A Gathering of Matter, A Matter of Gathering, and, 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 and we couldn't read it without reading and, and watching and listening with Black took, and, and, it, and Black took my class. <laughs> it was like supposed to be two weeks, and it ended up five weeks. And so, so that's me always, like if I'm channeling Dawn, but I'm also channeling you. Dawn, Dawn, first name Dawn. Um, of sweep in black as Dawn dawns on us with such gravity. Such fabricant gathering of matter in the fabricant matter of gathering Jack Witten's rose corona, working violently with outpouring, work made of unmaking, a monastic love of sequence in sequence, in solemn intermittent space-time sewn with the decorative weight of Edward Witten and Thomas Witten and Bill Frank Witten. Bill Frank Witten is the artist Jack Witten's brother. Um, and his greatest Jack Witten's work is the most famous work of art that came out of that family was Bill Frank Witten, who made shirts and costumes for, for singers and performers, including his, his opus, Michael Jackson's Sequin Glove. <laughs> um, yeah. This scroll of cut, unbroken canvas. See, I learned something, and it was confirmed today. Um, and it's funny, you mentioned Doug, and he was here last week, and we went and had lunch, and I said, man, I finally figured something out that you already knew a long time ago, which is, you don't have to read all these words. <laughs> Just because you wrote them don't mean you have to read them to everybody, you know? Um, you, you can go off the page, you know? Um, uh, you can interrupt yourself. This scroll of cut unbroken, this, oh this scroll of cut out broken canvas looks like looking with a movie, injured, lined out, surfacing a door's flatness with thick character acting, mapping distressed by aerial grounding, scuffed ornament, microtonal abrasion all over again, the textural slur of tilling and limning, Emma and Emily whispering, the precise irregularity of animosaic gesture is a habitat of schools and a Bessemer tree, a reef corral and blue hint shadow, graphics soft enough to test and more and wreathe. A totem is a haunted keyboard, and this ingenious mechanical device is so we can differ in elegiac practice. For criticism is grounded differing and deciphering is separation scale. How long has that been? Uh, supposed to be 25 minutes, right? That's been like, what? Come on now. <laughs> it's like 10, right? 15, 14? 
Okay. I'm asking because these ones are a little bit longer. I think I got time for this one's like middle size and the, the other one is longer. So I think I'm making good time. So, and in keeping with our theme, this is called surfacing. Even listening some while walking around, while they try to look up close where Tutti counters under all over like Tutti Heath, like the days in grain, the specific gorse and specific burning, giving, glare again from boil to wisp, which won't be the same as centering. Surfacing can only be reviewed. Eccentric landscape and recur, misbehaved two or three times in dragged approach and blown in common wind and broken weather. Sound like some sugary complications of surfacing walking around. Our boots on and take them off and put them in a row on the porch, then shell some peas off our delicate patch. Surfacing is different than facing by surfeiting and forfeiting the terrible history of face becomes surfacing, which is the history of position, which confers through circle an ongoing plat. It's closer than that, preferring surfacing to face so close that water run like Libba's hard road luxury. Light compression, a tightening slice of lighted acre, which bears the weight of our delay. Soft, breathable textile, fibroid mat with blood from hand and torture. All that blood breathed by Manchester babies. All that blood drunk by the man in Mayfair the vegetable lamb's blood on branches, tied to the whipping machine, trapped in the drum machine, jewels set in drums, whipped topography, bailed in pools of blood mixed by a pioneer, spun out by DJ Gandhi G for protection and remembrance to, rem to demonstrate subtle boom and fire, to make do and overdue, and linger in this always being overdue, which always behind, arrear, interred, and double-entered, interminably indebted, which seemed like it do so much sharper now than any deed for this handing and tilling, this light stepping on stolen land, what I owe you, nothing, all, surfacing all over the place, superficial, some superficiality of passage, or passing out past passage and surfeit, Supple, super supplement, subluxurious wealth already given and pulled little old making dues, little old sharing and coming, all forfeit and generate handing over in steady transgress, giving not enough, which is too, too much. The cotton gin is inseparable in defacement, in the blasted and unavailable and disavowed portraits we let the world see because we can't look unless we look so close, it's gone. Because we gone, because we gone. In seeing all and nothing, all above and below and aside and surfacing, in this fiery digging and hovering, thickening, surfacing and tending to it, dubbing and redoubling the merger and divergent complicity, emerging in the way out of no way we keep misplacing and all that spinning and milling around tilling and mixing and weaving, that purposeless spinning and de demonstrating always about to go off, 
all but out of round and how outness is always pending in this hanging around. This offset setting down, always all up and set it off, tending toward getting set out for the new thing, looking back and looking around and bending, spinning head into work in the wake of the Southern question. The spinning negate the careful brutality. It's just a sunshine in your beautiful, brutal uniforms. All that blood is the engine. Is that gin a computer? That computer picks cotton. All the magic is industrial. Is your Mac a McKinney? Nothing is, but who's digging? Granting every wish, all this combing and souffle, as if a bend was climbing in the thickness of our fragrant, of our flagrant dream. All turned and spun in how we're trapped in what we need. Our gathering and hunger, our murmuring and murder, our holding on and being held. Yelling across that ochre field in a tempo we share to turn is spring and yelling mixes or new in measure and the stripes are high draped, really yellow in that tender evening tree. What's the difference between grounding and background? It's not between them, but it is all up in grounding and background and in their common engineering and imagining because the sound of a field that's worked and played on by a black family in them for a hundred years makes owning a lie until some kind of way it doesn't in some kind of so-called freedom. And in some kind of way, some nothing comes out from something and plays all through the work to play like it holds something for us, for them to see, to hear the burning of our giving it away. Making, laying sculpture down light blue like looking can't be felt, but sound. Nobody brought their box, but they come to see you give. They have evidently, so they want some more. They want more demonstration, the circle, the salt march, the chaka, the shaker, the gira, the engine, the garment and surfacing, sounding like groove, thread, burning and giving. But it's not just that, because in the touch of these tables you prepare, Surfacing curves the convulsion of our feeling and they're looking not quite close enough. That convolution always surfacing again so that there's still the heavy play of surfacing. Having worked through break and console, surfacing describes, tells out its own ekphrastic outline out of turn, unplotted, burned in giving, ain't no story ever mine, ain't no spot ever belonged to me, no map of all the intensities of either edge, just a spot so real that it's surreal complaint, which differential presence brings through all that weighing, never close enough to feel or hear or see through, all up on you at a distance while we're on the ground, is that we demonstrate surviving by spinning, which is surfacing. Um, can I get some, some water? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm sweating and I can't. I should have brought a towel or something. I'm scared my glasses. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay. So I'm going to read um, one more. I think I might go over a little bit, but um, I'll try to get to. It might not be so bad. Um, this is called Approaching. Dirty South, Florida Water, General Chicago, Nigger Cemetery. Wallace fucking Stevens. It's one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> the consensual validity of gone off in the muck. Spread all out with style, but no cloth, like some offering in our way. Obscure and open if we dig down in it soft, dirty, south all under the world. Is gone off in the national security state of Virginia, whose official theorist declares method on black skin as a manicured lawn, as an alabaster factory, as strip mining the top of his stolen mountain. Mr. Jefferson cleared off the mountain as Buck versus Bell. But when Billy's arm bends, Fumi's note, motherfuck this paramilitary weatherman in his tired navy blue. But navy looms. When we say fuck all that all together, he buys up all that sound. He's a privateer made hard in the long history of singing cargo. And his hard blue armada shows up all over the world to scare the shit out of people. Blowing people's shit up, blowing people up and shit, like our show and tell and shit ain't shit, y'all. So we say, let's take his breath away. We think our submarine waves breathe quilting circles, brood and caress new technologies of rice. Mulatto rice and dirty rice and rice and peas, Imoros y Cristianos, some Joloff jumped off, jumped back through the circuitry of thrown derivatives reimagined in new rain. And wonder will that drown them in our endless drowning? Ain't Big Mama's edgy bread or Los Arepas de la Abuela, our post cologne art of resistance? Can't the deep structure of our food be how we were never kings in the flavor of our needs and how we stretch our need out through the way of things like salt? Cooking's relation to moaning has already been established as having hurt too good not to go over again, going round the way they go around too tight in the ass for Florida's general Chicago, sensing the general strike in Maud and Janie, trying to narrow that down to jumpy solitude, the general Chicago of Haiti is common all over Arkansas in the travels of the women named Smith Pierre in refuge, laid in ashes on Rush Street, in the cold specific savannah of Ladbroke Grove or Weeksville or Bondi. Can't you hear them holding our breath in chilly sound? Can't breathe but common wind and rose water of some women named Rose Woman? If you want the feel of musical fume, but you got here too late for them to fix you a plate, get up early tomorrow and wait for the bus and let them play your voice and hand it back. It's been too long since we dreamed about that land of California, 
the general Chicago home sweet home. And Thursday's oh so sad, except the water ritual thrung blackbirds off center on Central, locked up in the Parker Center at the corner of Adelanto and Chrome. Police gone bird hunting in Fauchely, which is deeper down in Florida than the fucking muck we be musing on for our lives and their motherfucking amusement. Here at this beautiful museum, take some more black lives for us to muse on for your fucking amusement, motherfucker. National culture is financial security for the devils of national security, making anti-muck out of spread out style. The irrational reproduction of these impossible motherfuckers is spurred on by you and me making this breathtaking shit out of the shit we make. Then it ain't shit no more, all taken and gone in us, by us, in charter. At the, nature, at the Nature Theater of the Langston Hughes Academy of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But wonder if there's one more unexploded bomb. And what would a black female superhero do down there on water when they then killed the school with their meteorological corniness? All blue, but not the kind that's blues as we're all tangled up in these Navy suits until it seemed like the general percussive trumpet is their reveille an appetite. Look, this is about masks and weapons and the difference between our beautiful things and what we want from our beautiful things and what we want to want and what we don't want to want. Somebody blew up our freedom school and sent us to the school of the free so we could learn to want what we don't want when the grass is gray or when it's black. When I go home to Kingsland, which is Cuba's Bon Voyage, Mimi takes me straight to the front room to play me a song, and then I'm homeless. I'm not homeless. My people still be there, so I have a home. I'm just not there, being not and all but held in being all but sent home to turning through returning to Buenaventura, and Don Bodillo takes me straight to the front room to whisper in my ear, in the paramilitary air, that Don Temis is gone that home is where the art is, where the Klan and their new black faces, where past residents and former pre-presidents of the General Chicago community organize our school like they learned at the School of the School of the Americas in the General Chicago's Dirty South Side. When the Dirty South shows dirty wars with fresh and absolute cleanliness, then we need to ask some questions about our masks and weapons not the sweetness of this bitter crop or that it kills us, but how killing everything without killing all is ours too. So she got to be sharper now. The general Chicago's general disbelief in anything and anybody got to get sharper now. As that little old young thuggish murmur turns to unfreaky executive action on Al Green, all that handing grass by bloody hands. See, it's the similar condition of slabs and remnants, pepper sauce on gristle, throb and grind, and all twisted through the simple, necessary machine into some doorways, a little moonlight, or some old and new dreams about difference through surviving and living on and on and over when somebody walks all up in the image. Because why wouldn't somebody take that step as if he's not your average Huckleberry Hound? 
silver is how you look back at you from shining, big pimping on, living that all over again, over and over again. I mean, how can a subject not react like that? Is how the union can't roll on like this, trying to be somebody, killing all them, trying to not kill nobody, killing everybody, all but all mind and how we can't kill us all, but all separate and enraged in this fucked up Western. The union are these stolen and essential services when masters rape and eat servants all over the masterless Caribbean of tremor, desire, and canal. It's not that we're nonviolent. It's just that we love our flesh in danger and revolt and step back and kiss in heavy thump and gunfire since even the confusion we share is collectible all taken and gone and neither here nor there in the concept or the thing or my old Uncle Henry down them dusty highways. The new black art is this, find the self and make a killing. I hope flesh and earth ain't the same as blood and soil because I still can't stop. I'm gone with y'all even when we separate and I'm in love with every little separate gathering of all our little all. I listen to that earth gang Chili sent me and I start crying. It sends me that he sent me something to send me back to that earth wind and fire I be sending him all the time. It sends me back to Lorna Goodison sending me back to Nanny. And I think about Emma Amos and Alma Thomas and Irma Thomas and Son Ford and Kevin Beasley and them. And I can't stop flying home, hoping that home and home ain't the same. We homeless, so I can hope. Because home, as you know, is where the hatred is. All gathered in our little all is the various things and cells we have to bring and sell. I'm all up in that with y'all, even when I go off. It's just that we got to talk about our masks and weapons. Let's zoom while we be dying, but not in the form of you and me, because we can't protect our shit as if our running rules the world. Let's act a fool so dreamlike that the word don't come. Come on now, let's hang out sometime. Let's tear up obligation in the way we pay attention, feel, so we can talk about Clyde Taylor and Amakar Cabral, the mask of theory and the weapon of art, each one released in the other's urgent holding as we renew the general barbecue of the general Chicago in the general Tupelo, honey, in the venereal swarm of our black funeral. Who can stop us on the road of this lovely dream beneath the tree we hang from? Who gonna stop us on this dust when she's an angel of the last degree of freedom? Eased on down, through, gone, all forgiven and all that suasion. It's all hers, as you know, though it could never all be hers in Tennessee. All she was was all Betty and Betty and Betty and Betty Davis when she left this live evil ass and moved to Louisville up over the club in a worn new bloom of return to every night on stage in Bel Horizonte, un poco sozinho, because it ain't belonged to her, because she belonged to somebody. It ain't that she belonged to somebody or that she belonged to us or that what she gives can never belong to us. It's that share goes through her and that we all broke that way and that we can't let that go and that we got to hand that on. The criticism is some company, 
a way of visiting, a scary reminiscence on your porch, or walking back across that field. This tendency to tend to nobody's business in repose, which we steal from the work they steal, is always on the edge. It has to love and it has to kill. It has to have and be had and it has to tear away. And all that has to be said over and over again, as if it's never been said over and over again in the gradually ragged incline of our sacrament. We be climbing up the walls. What we share makes it hard to talk about what we share. The physics can't be done by number, and they be watching, and they give awards. And one by one, we got to live on that, and we all got to live through all that, which is neither possible nor impossible when your lover ain't around. It makes you want to figure out the difference between you and me instead of letting all that play out in the general Chicago. What I want to say I and I, with love, in a way of letting all that oneness plea and plea to numberless, is that this perversity is all outside of all belonging, as all longing and all need. Y'all all I need, and I'm all gone in that. In that, I got to give y'all pleasure. In that I'm so in love that all I do is disidentify that all I do is think about y'all all afternoon and in the evening when the sun goes down and in this slow taper toward black night, rough outline and common shawl. Our fabric is a ring of symbols, the sequence whirl like subterfuge on black fire. Criticism comps all this turbulence as we roll the union on through massacre. I'm back in love and hate again and I'm tired. Can that we survive, destroy what we survive when we fall through equilibrium alive, across the tracks, back across that field, every time we turn around? Pando and Medusa kind of feel like that. If the dirty South were ancient Greece in Utah, can our blood corrode? Can the evening breeze tenderly abrade a settled metaphysics to neither one nor many? Like a trap set or an aspen grove, symbols fall and shimmer, cun Ethel and cun Mabel and Valjeanti. Sweet cotton is a bloody groove, a braid in Faulkner, Mississippi, as the art of watching him watch us watch his ass appraise. You think you alive when fighting feels like fucking face to face? Man, remember the drone who works for the man who works for the drive has come to steal your eye. He'll invade the place you make when you get too old to be coming back every night to that corner they run you off of every night. He'll say, cool breeze, common wind. Have you seen Jesse? The treaty of genocidal equilibrium often works all innocuous like that. The pandemic keeps fucking with pandemonium all ordinary and shit. And in Montana, where shit seemed obvious, the free individual's solitary confinement is in stark opposition to that of the prisoner as a coin upside themselves. Freedom and slavery, money and winter in America. We celebrate that we survive so we can kill what we survive. But black funereality be mad sometimes at how it be surviving, which it won't stop, frustrated by its own survival, which, you know, it can't, it can't, it can't stop singing. It breaks out, dun, 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 dun in a cold sweat sometimes, and then it starts screaming, 
But then it stays, held it right there. And even there, right then, on the plot in the crypt, it wants some company, informal and informing, spread and gather, sheathed to unobserved, surreal, inside, upside, beyond, the board, damn near sometimes, as if Bobby Lee's little brother's boy and Erica Badu's baby daddy and I were the drells, one-on-one, -on -one, in one with hourly sea nymphs, and the general Chicago just blur and burn all the way to Oran, and we call them back around from a scream to a whisper, and the whistle song submarine dub in Portmore and Houston and Henderson and Port Henderson Hill. The general Chicago is sky voile and lemon warehouse, and Florida water is violet Everglades. The dirty south is a nigger cemetery. The dirty south is like decorations in a nigger cemetery. Since we got to be here, let's live. Dying of how we live better than them, all open, close, come by and lose in tone, keen, unquantized. Jay Dillard is a valve drum, screwed, DJ, trade blue mud and world gone blue it and sub-navel in this infinite consanguinity passing through. Mystique, motherfucker, desequilibre. Meanwhile, blackness, apparently none, is the air we surface, urge, and till. All out from under the war of understanding is some hand held out, approaching. It was epic. Yeah. So, I have never introduced anyone before, but it was my divine, supreme honor. I am a current Poetry Project Emerge Surface B fellow, so I have spent the past eight months with Ronaldo, who has been kind and generous and has pivoted with me when I was grumpy with poetry and doing collage and cutting out papers and was like and very as he was in his performance very gracious and like okay well send me five to seven images in your artist statement and just pivoted and has continued to just push me in my work and I am such a fan obviously of his work across disciplines. We witnessed tonight poetry, cinematography, improvisation, black storytelling, like many different things that transcend, I think, fine arts. And so it was a great honor. It was a great responsibility. I did not take it lightly. Um, 
I thought it was important to begin with his words and end with his words because I wasn't sure in terms of what he would present, which was many things. We had an intergenerational conversation with his mother, with his father. We had so many voices that were invoked into the space, so I wanted to make sure that I was representative and honoring of all of that. Long before the Poetry Project opportunity, he was the editor of the interim um, special Black Praxis issue and accepted a very ambitious work of mine that said in grayscale that erases itself by the end. And he accepted it and he sent me an email from his personal email address. So normally, you know, you get the submittable, which is more than fine. Like, we are pleased to, you know, include this work. But he emailed me and he emailed me just a short brief line about the work and about why he had chosen it. And so that was our first introduction, which I felt was generous and kind of his time, of his spirit. He just, he gives and gives to his art and to others' art and he holds space. And so I wanted to hold space for him in that way. And I hope that it's begin the beginning of a longer conversation. Um, I have a work that we're going to discuss that will be debuted on Monday. It will be here at St. Mark's Church at the Poetry Project at 8 p.m. Same time, same place. It'll be my closing fellowship reading with Courtney Faye Taylor, who's another amazing black Kaveh Kanem, interdisciplinary, like all the things. And so um, it's a work that we're going to discuss in a new kind of entree for myself. And so I hope that there will be opportunities to continue talking and and kind of to riff on him and Fred Moten, the black curiosity. Thank you. Thank that you. That was gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I love so Kyle. That Robin Cost Lewis talk, oh my God, I still right? listen to. I like, I listen to. That one is, that's, that's It took me down.